Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inside Athletic Podcast. Ryan Macignana, James Echigori, athletic football just around the corner. If you're listening to this on Friday, it, it should have been an athletic game day, the first game of the season, a trip to Granada. But, of course, there's more scheduling drama between the Spanish Football Federation and La Liga. So Athletics Opener is going to be played on Saturday instead, 6.30 p.m. Spanish time. Ryan, we're going to have to wait another day before we see the Lions in action, but it's here. Football is back. And not a moment too soon. It feels like the offseason was about two weeks, especially with everything that went on to delay last season but you know good to have the Lions back and no better way to kind of (laughs) wash away the uh the stench of uh the end of last season and the bad taste that left in everyone's mouth um hopefully with a, a hot start to this season just like they did last year there's a real chance here for athletic to rise from the ashes so to speak um Starting off the season at Los Carmenes against Granada, the same site where they ended last season with that 4-0 embarrassing loss. Athletic had nothing to play for in that game, and uh, it, it showed. Hard to fault the players for that because the season was essentially over, but it's kind of poetic justice that they get to start the new season right there and and make a statement to to kick off the new year. But that does not mean that this game is going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Granada proved to be a good team last year. They've retooled and re-strengthened this summer because they're going to be playing in Europe. And they're going to be playing at home. And even though fans aren't in the stadium, this is going to be a very difficult game for Athletic. And an important time to get three points because the second game of the season against Barcelona is going to be pushed back all the way until January because the clubs that competed in Europe and had even less of a summer break, are going to start three weeks later. So Athletic essentially have their La Liga opener, then a two-week break before they go on the road again to Iperua to to face Abar. So you you got to get these three points because you're already going to be a game behind everyone else, and uh, you could be really far down the table early on if you don't take advantage of these first couple of games of the season. Uh, but, Ryan, as you said, it was a short preseason but Athletic did get four friendlies in. Unfortunately, a lot of key players, a lot of starters were unavailable due to injuries or testing positive for uh, COVID-19. Thankfully, everybody is back uh, in the squad, or at least cleared, except for Ibai Gomez. He's still recovering from that uh, fractured clavicle. He's probably going to miss the first couple of games of the season, but uh, should be back some point in October. Ryan, just because the season is starting doesn't mean Necessarily that everybody's ready, uh, seeing as how so many key players did miss out through illness and through injuries. Is there anyone that was here the entire time that wouldn't necessarily be considered a starter that you think possibly could be in the lineup for the Granada match? Maybe somebody like John Morcillo, uh, who played exceptionally well while Inigor Cordoba was, uh, was at home social distancing and, and only played in one preseason game. Uh, or do you think those players, especially uh, someone like you know Cordoba, are, are going to be safe in their starting role uh, for this first game? Well, if they're ready, that's one story, right? I mean, it was a very truncated preseason, four games. I don't think that's really enough, especially when half of them were against top-flight competition in uh, Alaves and, and, and Abar, to where you can really say 
someone is ready to take on the rigors of a full-on top flight uh, La Liga season. Um, but in terms of making the most of it and taking advantage of the situation, yeah, you've got to hand it to John Morcio, right? What a, what a preseason he had. Um, I think he offered a lot. Uh, he showed a lot in terms of what he could offer. Um, that left wing has kind of been, let's face it, in an offensive uh, desert, so to speak, the past couple of years. And nothing against Inigo Cordoba in the sense that he's given them everything he's had, and he's improved a lot over the, the course of, of the past year alone in terms of what he can also offer in addition to what he can offer on the defensive side um, with with his uh, industrious work and in recovering balls and, and especially with the high line that, that Gary Tunnel likes to play. But um, offensively, too, he's been able to uh, really work on his crossing and his assists. But, you know, one of the things that still lingers about his game that causes a lot of opposing back lines to do is to back off because well, either to force him into pressure or know that he's not going to be uh, the type of guy who's going to take two, three dribbles uh, inside the box and, and have the confidence enough to take a shot. Um, and that being said, it does kind of hurt the club in that sense because they know, you know, it's one less weapon for the opposing team to worry about. Whereas John Morcillo, again, I have to see this over the course of uh, at least three, four La Liga games um, that, that count. But so far, he's shown a lot in terms of, uh, number one, his crossing ability. It's it's already superior to Cordova's. Um, and his ability to, to score. I mean, he kind of had that gimme uh, in the last game against Abar where um, it, it was a powerful shot, and it was kind of a, a howler from the keeper, in my opinion, to let that one in. But, um, you know, he's shown, too, that that he can be dangerous in the box and that his uh, season with Bilbao Athletic up front um, where he was scoring multiple goals. I think I think he led the team, uh, if I'm mistaken, James, um, that that wasn't a fluke and that he's really made the most of it. I'd say in addition to him, uh, you know, Oyer Saraga. Uh, Saraga has been excellent in the midfield. Um, it's always a premium to find Basque midfielders who can create. I mean, Basque defensive midfielders, uh, it's like they grow off trees, but ones that, that, that can create and, and attack are of high importance and, and uh, come at a high premium for a club like Athletic that can only uh, sign certain players within the philosophy. And so if Oyer Saraga, um, if he can maintain what he's been able to do in the preseason and that's um, going box to box. Uh, he's been really good on the ball. Um, being able to, whether it's through balls or, or just making, making the right pass, uh, making the right decision. Um, I've been really impressed by him um, so far. Uh, Vencedor and Sunset, those are two guys who I knew, knew in my opinion, at least um, thought uh, that they were going to make the preseason uh, or the first team out of the preseason regardless. So um, I expect a big season out of Oyan Sunset. Um, Vencedor is one of those guys who I think could really benefit uh, kind of like the season that, that Oyan Sunset had last year where he was really uh, counted on to, to kind of just 
get patches of minutes here or there, get experience. And when they felt like he was ready to, to take on 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, it gave it to him. I think Vincent Orr is in that same realm right now. And I know we're going to get into it later in the podcast, James, but I think the type of midfielder he is and more of a defensive midfielder, I, I think he would really benefit if Athletic were to sign this one guy out there. He's a veteran defensive midfielder. I think he would really add a lot to the team. Um, we'll probably get into that later. But uh, for the most part, I think those guys impressed me the most. I didn't really uh, see much out of, of Paredes, the guys in the back line like uh, Luengo, um, you know, uh, John Sierra. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, think, I think those guys, especially Morcio, has probably the best chance to, to really get minutes early just because um, of what happened with Cordoba and, and, and the whole uh, COVID-19 thing. But um, that combined with the impressive preseason Morsi had, he's got a shot. Will we see it? Will, remains to be seen. The in- interesting thing about John Morcillo is, one, he did lead Bill Athletic Deacon scoring last season. And, and he did it in a, in a great way. Goals with, with both feet inside the box, outside the box. Uh, one almost from midfield where he caught the keeper off of his line. He's always willing to shoot. And he can score in different ways. But it's it's so much more than his scoring, which, let's be honest, Athletic need help <laughs> in attack. They, they need more goals, whether that's someone scoring them or someone creating them. And John Morcio can definitely do both. But he, he showed something else during the preseason that, that I thought was was really indicative of the player that he can be, and, and that was his work rate and his movement. Uh, like Inigo Cordova, he's willing to track all the way back and defend and uh, really help out in those areas and cut down passing lanes. Uh, these are the type of things that have kept Ibai Gomez on the bench and have really hindered Inigo Vicente's ability to break into the first team. John Morcillo is ready to do it, but his movement off the ball is really, really exceptional for someone who's not even played a single minute in the Segunda, let alone the Primera. He, he knows how to take a defender with him. He knows how to create space for others. He knows where to put himself to receive the ball, to release the ball. Um, and of course, he was playing uh, against some some weaker competition during the preseason, but that that friendly against Alaves, th- that was mainly Primera players. That, that lineup that that they fielded could be a, a starting lineup at some point in this season for Alaves. It was, it was all first-team players, and John Morcillo was, in my opinion, the best player on the field for either side. We don't know what that's going to translate to in, in, in La Liga. Fans have to, uh, I like to say they have to mediate their expectations. In one game, a player plays badly, and a lot of fans seem like they think that he's never going to make it, and the next game he's great, and they think he should start every game this season. It's It's... Somewhere in the middle. That's where the truth lies. But John Morcillo had an exceptional preseason, and I think with with Inor Cordova uh, having missed so much of the preseason, I, I really do think that he could start this game against Granada, partly because of what he's done in the preseason, and and partly because he he's more physically ready than uh, than Cordova, I would say. But then again, it's it's up to Gasquetano to make the decision, and maybe he doesn't want to just throw him out there into the deep end and, and see what happens. But as you say, uh, Zaraga was was exceptional as well, and, and he had a great year with Bilba Athletic, and like John Morcillo, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, no one was really expecting 
Oyer Zarago or John Morcio to be as good as they were for Bilbao Athletic last season. Let, let, let's let's look at the truth here with with Morcio. He joined three years ago um, from Cultural and, and signed with Basconia and, and never really played much until last season and and just exploded. And the same thing with Zaraga. And you bring up such good points about Oyer. He he has that magical pass. And we put up a a, a short little highlight video of of him um, during the preseason. And his his vision is great. His touch on the ball is great. He he knows when to dribble, when not, when to pass the ball, when to play it back. He, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, which is something you really don't see from someone so young and, and inexperienced. But he's also confident to make those difficult passes. And if there's something that athletics midfield needs, in addition to creativity, what he has is someone who can cut through a defense with between-the-line passing. And, and he did that time and again. We don't know how many minutes he's going to get with the first team this season. Uh, he he might not even make his debut. He might be in and out of the team. Uh, as you say, he and Unai are going to kind of follow Oyan Sunset's path from last season. But there's reason to be excited after this preseason and, and, and seeing what we saw. Uh, there There's reason to look ahead to the future and, and think that Athletic could be in good hands with some of these players because this is not even including Oyan Sunset. <laughs> or you look at the other young players in the team. Unai Simon, who, who is still early 20s, and uh, Yerai is still young, and then there's other players in, in Bilbao Athletic coming up. And so uh, th- there's there's a lot of excitement that is justified at this point. But, but Ryan, uh, along with that, it, it wasn't a great preseason for everyone. Um, as a whole, Athletic had uh, a win, a loss, and two draws, so pretty bang average there. They, they were terrible against Lagrones. They were... Great against Alaves, decent one half, bad the next half. It was a normal preseason, trying to get the the rust off, especially after a short break and then short training. And nothing's normal right now. That's just the situation as it is. But was there anyone in the preseason that you look back over these four games? Maybe they didn't even play, but one game or so. But just as a whole in the in the preseason, is there anyone you look back at and and think that they they just miss their opportunity or you know, maybe it's one of these young guys that just showed that maybe they're just not ready. Inigo Vicente comes to mind, not necessarily that he didn't make the most of his opportunity, but uh, it's hard to say again, I have to say to, to kind of take that with a grain of salt because they only had four preseason games and they were so like next to each other. I don't want to make excuses, but it's really hard to evaluate someone based on that short of a time, especially with the logjam they have at that position. I mean, with Morcio playing so well with originally with the minutes that he got, it was going to be hard for Vicente to come in and outshine him. And uh, with with him there, with Ibai either seemingly resigned to the right wing now, maybe if he's not going to play the left because it didn't seem like he got many minutes. Uh, or, excuse me, he was injured, but, you know, beforehand not getting many minutes to begin with. I got to wonder if Garitano, because of the limited amount of games, saw Morcio do so well and excel right away. It was kind of like this this recency bias to where he's like, okay, well, let's just keep giving him minutes and see where it goes. And meanwhile, unfortunately, Inigo Vicente is kind of getting you know, left uh, 
by the wayside, right? I mean, he's gathered up dust on the bench, and you know this is what happens when you have four games. Um, so I, it's kind of a dilemma. It's kind of a dilemma because what do you do? Do you because you also have Inigo Cordoba on that left wing? You don't have room for three left wings. It's not going to happen. Um, so what do you do? You either um, send, uh, and I think this is why. You know, a lot of people, a lot of fans were asking, why did Inigo Vicente not get a first-team uniform? In, in Spain, in La Liga, uh, the rules are uh, you must have, if you are a first-team player with a first-team contract, uh, you must have a jersey between the numbers 1 and 25, with 1, 13, and 25 being the, the keeper's jerseys. Um, however, if you're above that, then it signifies that you still have enough eligibility uh, to go back to your reserve team, uh, back and forth with your reserve team, and not quite sign a first-team contract just yet. And so with Inigo Vicente, they did not give him number uh, anything between 1 and 25. I believe they gave him 26, I want to say. Um, and that alone tells me that they're, number one, not ready to commit to him as a first-team player, like like they were with uh, Gais Calarazaba last season, even though he really didn't play much at all. And secondly, it means that they want they do want to keep that option. And again, this is the in my opinion the byproduct of a truncated preseason where you don't have enough time to really evaluate him. So you don't want to send him out on loan yet because what if he is ready? And you know, or what if Borsillo comes out there and and, and lays an egg when it when the actual games start for real you know you want to have that option of uh inigo sente uh, was a very talented player um and one of the most highly touted prospects to come out of Lasama the last 10 years um you know waiting in the wings so if if you don't have that option then it's going to be tough uh um to bring him back so but at the same time you know he was just playing at mirandes he was playing segunda it's a step backward for him uh, to either either a not play a single minute on the first team bench or b have to go back and play segunda b minutes again. So um, sorry to go on that long tangent, James, but out of everyone on that roster, that's who, who really sticks out to me. And, and the last reason why is <laughs> it's one of those things where if Alex Berenguer, it really is a, a legitimate target for athletic and i i personally don't think they're going to sign him uh when when smoke clears but the fact that you have three left wingers and no one really is a definitive starter it's kind of like that old nfl you know football adage american football adage where they say um if if you uh if you've got two quarterbacks that means you don't have one so maybe this is a similar situation where since no one has distinguished themselves then you might as well just keep all of them because you haven't had enough time to really distinguish, you know, who's the odd man out. Well, by asking that question, I, I think we both knew who I had in mind. And of course that is Inigo Vicente. That first game against Lagronius, he looked really good. It was, it was encouraging. He and, and Nico Serrano were uh, on the opposite wings from each other and, and he looked great. But after that, I, I can't think of a single moment that he had in the other three friendlies. I think he only played in two of them. Um, 
where he just looked good that there was there was none of that and defensively uh he he showed some glimpses of being willing to track back and other times he he wasn't i remember uh, you and i were actually texting during the lagronias game and talking about the individual players and and i think i texted you something along the lines of vicente needs to start running and stop jogging if he wants to earn a place on this team because there was there was moments about 15 minutes after the game started where the ball is going back the other way and he was lightly jogging back and and those are the moments that you see Cordoba hauling tail to get back and and Marcio doing the same thing and it's it's those types of things that Gasagaritano notices and it's those types of things that lose potential minutes and I, I don't think anybody doubts the the magic that Inigo Vicente brings but if he can't do anything going backwards or if he refuses or is unwilling to to play the other end of the ball, so to speak, it's it's going to hold him back. We're not saying that he's a, a bad player. He's a very good, gifted, talented young player. I think it it just needs to click. He's still waiting for that that light switch to to flip on, so to speak. But I, I, I felt bad for him because I thought this was his opportunity to compete with Cordoba for the starting role. And instead, it looks like Morcio is the one doing that, which you want the best players on the team. And if Morcio beats both of them out and becomes a starter, that's great. Or if Cordoba starts giving you more in, in the final third, that's that's great too. No one should, should earn a place in the team just based on their name or what they've done in the past or what they could do in the future. You need the players who can give you the most right now. So we don't know what's going to happen with, with Vicente. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the number situation because... I, I've realized that not a lot of La Liga fans understand the number situation uh, based on the responses after Athletic released the numbers. Uh, yes, first team numbers are 1 through 25. If you don't have one of those numbers, you're not a registered first team player. But players who are uh, U23 players, uh, so technically 23 and under, can have a, a higher number and be registered with the B team. I think at this point the plan is just to register Vicente with Bilbao Athletic because that also... Uh, makes his contract not a first-team contract, and so you get a little bit of of wage relief there in the first team. But I don't think he'll play a game with Bilbao Athletic. I think he's just got that number for right now, and then maybe after Gascarraza ball leaves, which looks to be what's going to happen, then maybe Vicente takes that number. Or maybe he keeps 26, because the the other end of this, uh, over the last decade or so, it's very rare that Athletic give a, a player a first-team number if it's their first year with the first team. Um, La Raza ball was more of an outlier than anything else. Traditionally, th- those players, e- even if you're just a promoted straight to the first team player, generally you don't get a first team number unless there's several available, which did happen with La Raza ball. There was a couple of numbers available, so he he took 12. But generally speaking, th- those players have higher numbers. So maybe that's this, the, the, the situation with Vicente. Maybe... You know they didn't want to give him two, which technically is the only other number available right now until uh, Iago Herrerin leaves, and and that would free up uh, the number twenty five, and and somebody else could get that after Villalibre wore that last year. But it, it doesn't mean he's leaving. It doesn't mean he's playing with Bilbao Athletic. But it could mean one of those two things. If he's not going to have minutes this year, maybe the best thing is to go back on loan. But uh, I I could realistically see him Cordova and Morcillo spending the whole year competing for that role, and, and, and we'll see if that's the case. But really missed opportunity there from him, and 
Really the same thing with, with Pedro Nolasco, and although this wasn't really his fault, he, he missed the entire preseason with an ankle injury, and it, it looked like he was going to be competing maybe with Mikel Vesca for a role in the team, and with Vesca having one year on his contract, this was a, a prime opportunity for Peru and someone like Vincedor to challenge to replace him in the squad moving forward, but missing the entire preseason is not a good thing, and, and there's still a potential that uh, Peru can can leave on loan, and uh, of course our old friend Cuco Ziganda wants to take him at uh, Real Valladolid, um, or excuse me, Real Oviedo, sorry, <laughs> um, wants to take him there on loan this season, but that is ultimately going to be up to Athletic. The fact that he got a first team number, 23, I, I think bodes well for him, uh, especially since Vincedor is going to be splitting time between the two teams. I, I don't think that Peru needs another year in the in the Segunda, even though he's 21, I think he's ready to uh, be at least a depth player at this point. Um, I, I don't think he's going to gain too much more by going out on loan. I, I do think Vicente could gain a little bit more, but uh, th- that's the situation, and, and that is that is what it is. And there's some other players who uh, missed out on the preseason as well. Yuri Berchiche didn't play a minute because of that uh, ongoing injury. Um, Ibai Gomez, of course, fracturing that clavicle. He missed out. But the last two games were all about getting those players back. Inigo Martinez played his first minutes. Uh, we saw Iñaki Williams, Cordoba, Sanset, Unai Lopez, Vesca, all of them coming in and playing their first minutes because illness and injuries kept them out. But Ryan, the, the, the preseason is what it is. We saw what we saw. We we didn't see the things that we didn't see. <laughs> there, there's there's no change in what the preseason was. But I thought I'd take the field on Saturday. Saturday night on the road in an empty stadium, needing three points to kick off the new year. And you have a lot of key players who have barely played any football over the last month or so due to various reasons. How how prepared do you think this team is right now to start the season? If we had to play the percentage game, I'd probably say about 60%. I mean, this is a team whose face of the franchise, so to speak, uh, Inyaki Williams missed a lot of this preseason because he was out uh, with COVID, as with several other players. These were key players, uh, like Cordova, who we talked about earlier, um, like Unai Nunez. So, you know, these are these are players who are like anyone else in the world that won't be able to just step in and, and start uh, playing at the highest level that they are capable of. And that being said... You have to also see where Granada is on their side. And it seemed like a pretty quiet preseason on their end. Um, I think it's kind of ironic that the two most impactful, um, well, I wouldn't say the two most impactful regular season games. Let me take that back. Just two of the most uh, polarizing or, you know, if you want to just have a pure contrast of, of, of games, uh, were both played at Los Carmenes uh, with Athletic enjoying the highest of highs by qualifying for the Copa del Rey final on that ground, only for months later to suffer through the lowest of lows with a 4 nothing blowout to end a, a horrific um, finish to the season. And you've got to, I, I got to see what Granada's packing. <laughs> Basically, you've got... You know, Fernandez, who's always been a problem for Athletic, he's going to return. I think they they um, have to put the clamps on him. Um, 
Puertas had a big game against Athletic last time. Um, and, you know, they really got to take advantage of that back line. That, that Granada back line, um, you know, they, they're, they're very organized, but at the same time they are not as fast uh, as, as you would expect. And I really think a player like a Morcio, like a Nyaki Williams, if you were – if you were anywhere close to 100%, you'd really get behind that back line and cause some problems. And so uh, we'll see how it goes, but I don't know how you feel about it, James, but I, I'm, I'm not very confident just because of the long layoff that a lot of the main players had. And I think this is something where Iker Muniain, who's been playing from start, needs to have a big, big opening game for Athletic to win this one on the road. Crowd or no crowd. I thought you were going to give a, a lower number than six, to be honest. Um, six was a number that I had in my head as well. Uh, I, I think that really most teams are not ready to start the season, but having missed so many key players, Athletic are, are kind of behind the eight ball a little bit more than other teams. I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about fitness. I, I think that Inyaki Williams keeps himself in better shape than pretty much anybody, uh, but you miss that touch, you miss that rhythm, and, and that's going to throw him off in front of goal. For instance, the the, the friendly he played, he had that one-on-one with the goalkeeper try to chip him and, and pulled it wide. Maybe that's something during the middle of the season you put in the back of the net. Although with Inyaki, who knows? But physically, I don't think it's an issue. It's going to be the mental uh, aspect of it. It's going to be the, the linking up play and things of that nature. Th- that being said, I, I do think that maybe athletic style of football kind of bodes well for them early on in the season as teams are trying to to find their their rhythm and their their comfort level again because athletic play that defensive style of not making any mistakes and then taking your opportunities up front I think teams who play a more open style of football are going to have more turnovers more bad passes uh, more mistakes and and maybe athletic will be a little bit more immune to that just for the fact of not taking those chances but then again players, as you say, like like John Morcillo, who are so direct and, and hungry and, and eager to prove themselves, maybe this is the opportunity they need. Other teams are not at their best. They're they're still shaking off the rust, and Morcillo can just go out there and, and play football and try to attack, 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 create chances, score goals, and just get after it. Uh, maybe those are the type of players that you need on the on the pitch. And uh, Iker Moyin had a, uh, a great preseason, and that bodes well for the team. Also, uh, Ronald Garcia having him the, the whole time I think was really good. Uh, but again, th- this team isn't 100% ready to start the season. No team is, but athletic situation uh, especially makes this uh, a little bit difficult. Uh, but uh, along with that, there there are some questions about the starting lineup as well. We know that, that Simon will be there, Yeray, Inigo Martinez, most likely Danny Garcia, and Una Lopez in the middle. Uh, Iker playing in front of them, Rod Garcia up top, uh, and Iñaki Williams on the, the right. Uh, but there's three other positions that are in question right now. Uh, the left wing we kind of already talked about. I, I think that John Morcio could start, but if Garcia Garitano chooses to start Cordoba just because that's the safe option and he knows what he's getting there, I can't really fault him. Uh, but the two fullbacks, th- those are the the really big uh, uncertainties at this point. Yuri Berchiche has only been training for a couple of days. He didn't play a single minute in the preseason. Part of that was due to design to not put any more wear on his body with his injury. Um, but 
when you don't play a single minute in friendlies and you don't train but about a week, generally you don't start the game. Maybe that's been the plan the whole time and he's going to take the field against Granada. I, I think more than likely it's going to be Mikel Valenciaga in the first game starting on the left and then maybe Yuri getting 30 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes in the second half. I, I, I think Valenciaga starts there, but the right back position also, Ander Kappa looked off during the preseason. I don't know if he's carrying a minor injury or fatigue or, or still trying to get his, his legs up underneath him after the layoff, but uh, he, he looked slow at times and his touch was off. He didn't link up very well. He looked late to some challenges, uh, but but when he's at his best, let, let's let's make it clear, there's no question that Ander Kappa is your starting right back, but he did have, by his standards, a poor preseason, and Oscar DeMarcos looked good, and then uh, if you look at that last friendly against Abar, that's that that last friendly is always the tune-up game for the first game of the season, and Oscar DeMarcos was the one starting at right back, not under Kappa. Uh, Ryan, I'm I'm anxious to hear what you what you think about that specific situation, and then you know Yuri Berchiche as well. But did you get the 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 feeling that maybe Oscar DeMarcos is going to be the one starting at right back in this game? No, I actually think uh, when the Smoke clears and push comes to shove. I think we'll see um, Underkapa back, back there. He is too valuable of a piece, uh, as we learned last season, um, for Garitano and his scheme to to have him start on the bench, in my opinion. Um, and that's also the reason why I think he's going to start Cordova, despite the fact that he hasn't had much of a preseason, just because he seems to favor these veteran players, and he knows how important this first game is, especially since you're not going to have a second game for a long time, until January, and you need three points on the road to start. Um, I would be shocked if both Andrakapa and um, Inigo Corva did not start um, and and just kind of lay the system down for, for the rest to follow. That being said, I was really encouraged by the preseason that Oscar DeMarcos had. Um, it's been a while since he's been somewhat healthy, and if that's the case, you know what what a luxury uh, to have Oscar that you could bring him in. You could bring him in at right back. You could bring him in at the right wing. You could even theoretically, uh, I don't know if you could do it anymore, but uh, you know you still play the midfield. Um, basically, doing all the things that Garitano likes just loves to utilize uh, Inigo Leque in the type of role, and it's just not working. Whereas with Oscar DeMarcos, uh, he's steady in everything, even even a past his prime Oscar that we're getting right now. And if they can get any type of production out of him this season, that would be huge because they kind of rode uh, Ander Kappa pretty hard uh, last season. I'm surprised he didn't break down. And, uh, you know, here he is. It seems like he's recovering from this injury, but uh, it just gives you another option off the bench. And, you know, knowing Oscar DeMarcos being the team player that he is, he's going to give you everything he has. And he is a veteran that you can depend on. You know, it's, it's this recurring theme with Garitano's style of play. And so I, I definitely uh, think that uh, we will see Oscar at some point on Saturday. I just don't think it's going to be in the starting role. If I had to bet and, and put money down, I, I would bet that that Kappa starts. I just don't think it's a 100% guarantee based on the way the 
the the preseason went. But if 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 Kappa's at his best, he has to be on the field as good as he is. But what a preseason from the Marcos, and he's come out and said it, that that he is finally not in pain. He he's healthy, and he's determined to 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 earn another year um, with with the club. He's in his final year of his contract, and and uh, you have to love the way that he speaks, and he's always been such a leader and 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 good person on and off the field. Um, but but he's he said in interviews that he doesn't want to be given a renewal just because he he wants to get a renewal offer based on merit and he's totally fine waiting until the end of the season if that's what it takes and if the club think that he needs to move on then then he's happy to help the club in that way because he is such a selfless player and and, and person but he he showed this preseason that he can still contribute and, and he did play I think about 15 minutes in the midfield um in maybe the A-bar game I think it was that that he played there with with John Cilero coming on and playing right back uh, he, he's that that Swiss Army knife uh, utility tool player that Garitano could just use in in different situations as well. Um, but but again, as we say, Kappa is the starter if, if he's up to it. And I I have this inkling that he's got some type of small maybe discomfort that's bothering him or something of that nature. But then again, it might just be preseason, just being being shaky and not being one hundred percent. But uh, if 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 he starts, I, I do expect Kappa to to play at a high level. But um, th- this is not going to be an easy game. No matter who you've got out there, no matter who starts, who's on the bench, it, it's it's going to be hard. Uh, not a guaranteed three points, not a guaranteed draw and, and single point. You you've got to go out there and earn it. Uh, but Ryan, I, I am curious. We know that La Liga have uh, at least for now um, ruled that they will continue to allow five substitutions during a game instead of three as long as they're made over uh, three stoppages. So you can't stop the game four or five times. You can only do it three times. But you can make five subs, which is how they ended last season. Um, I'm not really surprised that they kept this change. I don't know if it's going to be a permanent move or just for the beginning of the season. But if you're Garitano, uh, does that freedom to make more changes – kind of influence your starting lineup as well because in my head you know what you've got with in your Cordoba so if you start him you, you you know what you're getting on the field but having Morcillo be able to come off the bench and, and other attackers uh just gives you so many more options and, and maybe a a fresh John Morcillo eager to come on and make his debut with 20 minutes left might be more valuable than than starting him uh in in, in his first game I, I don't know. T- to me, I, I like the option of having five changes instead of three because you can really change what's on the field. But it also gives you the ability to give more young players chances that if it was only three players, perhaps they wouldn't even see the field. But do you, do you think, at least for you, that that influences your decision for the starting lineup too? I don't know. It's one thing about this coach, uh, the way he was criticized often, especially by members of this podcast for his decisions, um, both with the starting 11 and um, in terms of who he would call from the bench. And I don't think it changed anything when they had to move to five subs uh, when uh, they had the restart. I mean, I still felt the same way in terms of his substitution patterns. Let's not forget the all-time egregious uh, substitution in the Garitano era, and that was... 
subbing out your leading scorer, Raul Garcia, who had 15 goals, while you still needed a goal to save the season. Um, that was just inexplicable and, and downright obscene, to be honest with you. But who knows? Maybe this summer he's had a lot to, to, to think about and, and to change his strategy. Um, I'm optimistic because I do think, ultimately, um, he is a good coach. You can't fault them for what they've been able to do in terms of con- being content- in contention for Europe until the last couple weeks, making the cup final. I mean, he did those things. And so um, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, do I subscribe to this type of style of play? In my opinion, no. But um, I'm going to ride or die with it. Uh, he's he's clearly doing his best. I do think when it comes to whether or not five substitutions or three benefit certain teams over others, yes, definitely. It's all relative. I'd say in this case, Athletic have a deeper squad and a deeper bench, and in this case, this will help them, especially on the road, being able to sub fresh guys in. Um, it will not help Athletic when they go up against teams that are richer in the payroll and have much deeper benches and being able to bring on a world-class player for a world-class player and to do it five times, whereas Athletic would only be able to uh, you know, muster... Or, or, excuse me, compared with if, if Barcelona or Real Madrid only could bring in three subs in, in a one-nil game where you had a tight lead. I, I think that would really make all the difference, right? So it's relative. Um, but ultimately, I, I just don't see Garitano changing the way he is. Um, I, I think that uh, we're going to be sitting here next week, the week after that, questioning certain substitution patterns. And I feel like that's going to be how it is all the way until he hangs them up when it comes to the coach uh, of Athletic Club. Hard to argue against that. Yeah, that, that's been, in my opinion as well, his biggest hiccup and his, his biggest weakness as a manager is not only the decisions of, of which players to take off and, and who to bring on, but the timing of it. Uh, he did try to explain last season that games were going well past 90 minutes and so he waited longer to make changes I think in some games that actually helped because we would see Villibre and Sunset come on with with fresh legs and Athletic really take over the game but at sometimes those moves needed to be made earlier uh, hopefully he improves in that area this year because you have to assume that if he does that that earns them a couple more points than they would have otherwise but that that's still the biggest issue that that he needs to overcome and this this team needs an improvement but uh ryan i think we should do it i think we should take the risk and and make some predictions here i'll, I'll let you choose do you want to go first or are you going to put it on me i'll go first um i think we'll still see some rust come out of this team and um I can't recall a time where I've actually predicted an athletic loss on the podcast, but uh, I guess we got to start. I I'm, think that Granada is going to take this one 2-1. I think Athletic is going to score a late one, but um, show a lot of signs of rust. But it's going to—I'm optimistic that the kids will come up the bench and show Gaetano enough that we'll see them really start to to take on a, an even bigger role 
in week three, since we're going to be skipping week two. What about you? Honestly, yesterday I, I would have said an athletic win. And I was already thinking about this conversation, thinking about tonight with us recording this podcast, and I was going to go 2-0 to athletic. But <laughs> this is this is just speaking honestly and, and, and being real and transparent. With the news that Mathieu Lajos is going to be refereeing this game. No! What? Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you, you have say, missed some news, my friend. Did you say those magic words? Mathieu Lajos is refereeing this game. So because of that, I, I, I cannot go with an athletic win. They have lost 12 of their last 15 away games. I thought they were going to lose on merit, James. Now we're uh, we're going to get screwed. I mean, let's 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 be honest. And, and I don't think we've ever we ever get this animated, except when it comes to this clown. I, I'm going to call him a clown. That's what he is. I mean, he's been the absolute most biased. Uh, I wouldn't call him incompetent because I do think it's 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 intentional. I don't say that about many referees, but. Uh, the the numbers speak for themselves, and the way I'll never forget the way he did Gorkai at Icehouse years ago. This is someone who I you just you just can't trust on the field and on the road. You know where Athletic are so rusty. It's it's ugh. how many penalties, James? I say I say he gives up. I say he gives up uh, one, one that one penalty that shouldn't be. That's what I mean. Either either one penalty that sh- that that Granada gets gifted or Athletic get does not get a penalty that they deserve. At least like one of those. What do you think? Well, if if games refereed by Machu Lajos teach us anything, there's going to be at least one. <laughs> and uh, I, I've 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 noticed as well since VAR has been introduced, he he does not like to look at VAR, but when he does. It's almost as if he makes the decision that everybody else disagrees with. If if everyone and and their and their mother are watching the game and they think, okay, that's definitely a penalty, he says no, <laughs> and and the opposite. It's it's so bad. And and <laughs> you're right. We don't get this animated, but we've learned something over the years, and that's Mathieu Lajos as a referee in athletic games spells disaster. And, and like I already mentioned, 12 out of the last 15 away games with him as referee, Athletic have lost. So I, I, I'm not going to go with an L here. I'm not going to say Athletic just lose this game. But I, I, I will say that this ends in a 1-1 draw. I think Eker's going to score the one goal. He, he he scored a couple times during the preseason and, and looked you know really good. One of the few players who... Look like they didn't skip a beat, but I, I I can't really go for a victory knowing who's gonna be the one blowing the whistle because there there's there's just no way to to trust that there's not. So Ryan, we'll we'll hopefully come out of this game with, with with three points. I think that would be spectacular. You come out with one. It's the opening game of the season. You've had a short preseason. Players out on the road, empty stadium. As long as you just don't play terribly, I think you can accept one point here. I mean, it is the beginning of the season, but this this summer as a whole is is odd because 
the transfer window is going to be open through the 5th of October. So we still have just under a month left of that window being open. And Athletic may not be done trying to change the squad and, and, and make additions. So far, it's been just young players called up. But even though the money situation is tight and there's not a lot of spending power following the pandemic, Athletic are in serious pursuit of Harvey Martinez. Uh, Bild in Germany coming out and, and saying, uh, and this is their quote, that Javi Martinez is more than likely going to join Athletic this summer. I think it comes down to a couple of things. One, Athletic want this to happen. Two, Bayern Munich want to sell him. And three, Javi Martinez have told Bayern Munich he wants to go to Athletic. And the, the big point there as well is that he's willing to take a pay cut to sign with Athletic. So I, th- I think all the stars are aligning here. But with the window still open for about a month, neither club feels the pressure to get a deal done right now. I think that Bayern Munich are going to try to hold out to get as much as they can. Athletic are going to hold out for the opposite, try to spend as little as they can. If 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 I was asked to put this into a percentage, I, I'm 65% believing that Javi Martinez is going to come this summer. I, I do think it's still very possible that he doesn't, but... If he comes, this does improve the team a lot, putting him into that midfield. Uh, but it might still be some time yet, but the window's still open. Uh, Ryan, how, how are you feeling about it at this point, just just trying to, to grasp all the straws and the, and the little nuggets of rumors here and there? What, what's your take on the situation at this point? At first, I was pretty dead set on it happening. And I think what, I wouldn't say worries me, but it's does raise an eyebrow the fact that all the reports point to Javi Martinez wanting to go to Athletic, no other club, Meyer, you know, uh, saying that they wouldn't get in his way if he wanted to leave, um, Bayern supposedly saying that they would back off of their initial demand of 10 million euros and, and willing to take even less. And still, here we are, September 10th. And there is no deal yet with the season about to start. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I still think it's going to happen. I mean, if we remember, Raul Garcia was not on the athletic roster in 2015 when they won the Supercopa. That was Javier Rosso that started both legs of that Supercup. And Raul Garcia came at the very last... uh, 48 hours, 24 hours before the the transfer window ended. Um, So there's still plenty of time, as you said. But I would like to see this move happen sooner than later. And every day it doesn't happen. And and it doesn't happen. And if Athletic were to kind of lay an egg here at game one, I think the fans' demand for it will kind of skyrocket, in my opinion especially because you'll have a whole waiting game. Uh, Athletic are going to Sevilla to play a couple of friendlies, a split squad pair of friendlies against Sevilla uh, on the road uh, during this week two bye, basically. And if you're coming off a big loss in, in, in match day one, I mean, what do you think the, the fans have nothing to do except uh, speculate? And I know, you know the fans are, aren't necessarily and they should never be the number one uh well you know in in a sense like uh, a 
concern something concerning enough for a sporting director to to just do whatever the fans say but this is a signing that needs to happen it's very clear uh, unless unless the midfield comes out and and turns out three four goals in game one i don't see how having javi martinez wouldn't upgrade the midfield they have now especially a very very young midfield now that needs the mentorship and leadership of a guy who's won everything that needs to be won. And on top of that, grew up as a star at the same very club. So he knows exactly you know, what an Unai Vencedor is going through. He knows especially what an Oyan Sunset is coming through, having come from Pamplona, having come through the Osasuna system to, to be this huge crown uh, jewel signing athletic i mean he knows all that and that is the type of value he'll bring you aside from whatever he has left to give you on the pitch he's not in his prime but he's definitely not past it at least in my opinion and so you have to make this deal and i i don't think it's it's without a question that uh you know we've, we've we said this on the last podcast i mean he wants he wants to win a trophy for Athletic. He's pretty much all but stated it publicly in the press that he wants to come home. I mean, he's literally three wins away from two trophies. He'll never have a, an opportunity like that again, just because unless we have a second pandemic to, to push a cup final that Athletic just happened to be in a whole year, um, that he didn't have to qualify for these trophies. He literally just had to show up. So... Um, at this point, I don't know if I know you've said in the past it's up to, to Javi for for this deal to happen. I mean, is it? I, I do think I don't think it'd be fair to ask him to just take like a chump change and t- take a million dollars. You know, so be it. I mean, Bayern is going to have to accept the the clause or, or not the clause. Excuse me, the offer that, that would theoretically serve as a de facto release clause. Uh, really severely diminished one. So I don't know. I think this one is definitely on on athletic to to make happen. I'm not as concerned with them signing uh, Alex Berenguer because, again, we talked about the logjam that you still have on the left wing that still needs to be figured out. And maybe that that is something that you can wait two, three weeks to see, you know, uh, what Morcio does, what Cordoba does, what Vicente does. But that midfield needs an upgrade, and they don't sign Javi Martinez. Win or lose, I think they will regret it. Uh, come come cup time, because well, maybe not, maybe not uh, if they win, but definitely if they lose. One thing's for sure: you, you've got to praise Javi for doing his part. As you said on our last episode. And we were talking at the time about how there was rumors that he could go to Real Sociedad or one of these other clubs. And we were discussing that everything he said the last 18 months has, has been openly flirting with returning to Athletic. And if he were to just go to Real Sociedad instead, even though he has that right, it would kind of be spitting in the face of everything that he said. Because one of his statements were that, or was that he wanted to win a title with Athletic. That was his biggest regret, not winning one. And, and, and in your words, Javi, here's your chance. Make it happen. Well, if, if he's come out and... and asked Bayern Munich to facilitate his return, if he's willing to take a pay cut, 
he has to be celebrated for for doing his part, even if this doesn't end in him coming back, which I, I agree. I, I think eventually it gets done. I just don't think either club uh, have any any need to like hurry it at this point. I think that's part of the holdup. Uh, I do think it gets done just because Byron wants to sell. This is where Javi wants to go. He served them admirably for eight years, and, and Athletic want to get it done as well. I think it's kind of an inevitability unless another team comes in. Um, but th- this is his chance, and, and he seems to be doing his part, uh, which is commendable. The funny thing to me, though, uh, is is seeing the way that the media is, is being involved in this. We know, uh, having covered sports for a long time, even if you don't cover sports and you're just a sports fan, especially in the world of, of football or soccer, whatever you want to call it, media is, is used, um, sometimes for bad, sometimes for good. Uh, and sometimes they have their own agenda, but there's plenty of evidences for any media in, in any market uh, of clubs using them for one situation or the other. And there, there's there's two things that we've seen so far with the Javi Martinez saga. One of those is that Bayern Munich keep lowering their asking price. It was 15 million, then 12, then 10, then eight. And just today, there was a report from Sky Sports Germany that they're willing to accept between six and eight million. So it looks like they keep lowering their price. Maybe that's a sign that Athletic are doing a good job in these negotiations. But then there's also the caveat of this club has has popped up as an interested club willing to pay the price. This club is is now showing interest in Javi. It's almost as if these these German clubs are reporting the news, but they keep mentioning other clubs to try to force Athletic to to go ahead and pay, to try to force Athletic to go ahead and do it. What well, we've seen uh, agents from Real Sociedad do this with their their players to get them new contracts. You just think back to when Athletic were, were linked with uh, Mikel Yarosipal, I think it was 2016 if my memory serves correct, and all the reports were Athletic are willing to pay his clause, he's close, he wants to go to some mess, and then boom, he signs the, the richest contract and... We also see that history. It was all a ploy just to get him the contract he wanted. Um, but I, I did chuckle when I saw the the Bueller report the other day about um, Javi Martinez being quote more than likely to sign with Athletic. They also mentioned in there that uh, a, a club in, in Saudi Arabia, I think it was Al Nasser, um, were also interested and willing to pay him high wages and willing to to pay Bayern Munich what they wanted to sign him. Um, and then the next day, Al Nasser signed P.T. Martinez uh, from Atlanta United in the MLS. It was almost as if they had heard those rumors, or maybe they read them wrong, or maybe it was just a pure coincidence. But that that's a club that already had their cap of foreign players in the Saudi Arabia League. By signing P.T. Martinez, they have to get rid of a player, and, and now you're reporting they want to sign another foreign player and, and get rid of him. It was one of those things that just didn't make sense, and you're wondering what's going on here. Um, but it, it does seem to me that the German media is also trying to to hurry Athletic along and, and tell them, hey, there's other clubs interested. you got to pull the trigger. And, and Athletic, rightly or wrongly, seem to be playing the waiting game and try to get the, the best deal that they can. But if they can get Javi for $6 million, if that is true that they've lowered their asking price and he's willing to take a pay cut, I, I think that's, that's something you have to jump on right then because that's just a, 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 a perfect opportunity. But... Um, Ryan, we both think he's going to come. Give me a percentage. I think it's going to be ninety percent. I think he's coming. It's just a matter of when. I, I do think they're going to get it done. I think the only thing that would hold this up is if 
suddenly Athletic decided they refused to pay. And I don't think that's something that they want to have to answer the fans to. Um, I, I think this is the deal that happens. I don't. This is why I am that sure it's going to happen. Com- as as much as I'm sure that they will not make it a, uh, a deal for Berenguer at least in this transfer window. I, I do think that there is a chance it doesn't happen just because of money issues. And uh, B- Bayern are a, a very well-run football club. Uh, I think at some point they could put their foot down and say, okay, it's this or nothing, and Athletic might miss their opportunity. But ultimately, I, like I said, there, there's three situations here. Bayern want to sell, Athletic want to sign, and Javi Martinez wants to to go back to Athletic. And I think all three of those things together – eventually get a deal done because Bayern Munich do not want to lose him for, for free. No matter what the reports say, they, they have no intention of just letting him walk for free next season. They're not going to offer him a contract. They're they going to sell him this summer. That is their, their goal. And if he wants to go to Athletic, I think ultimately they're, they're going to do what they can to help him. I think Athletic know that, and, and maybe Athletic have the, the advantage um, right now in negotiations, and they're trying to use that. Um, that advantage to get the best deal they can. I, I do think it gets done eventually. I just don't think it's going to be quick. But uh, maybe this first game, depending on how it goes, will will maybe hurry Athletic along and and force them to go ahead and make something happen. And if they do, I, I think you have to to welcome Javi Martinez back, even though he's older now. He's not the player he used to be, but his experience, um, his his leadership on and off the field. What he's been through, I think that alone makes his team better. And I, I, I do believe that even with his age and, and the miles on his legs, that he walks into the starting lineup, I think, over over Danny Garcia. Maybe you play them together, but I, I, I wouldn't want to see a double pivot with just two pure defensive midfielders. But he makes this team better. Athletic know that. On the other end, Alex Berenguer, I think he makes the team better as well, but very slightly. Um uh, although you know improvement is improvement, but I think with John Morcia's preseason, if he still continues to develop and and Cordoba there, and maybe Vicente Iker can play out left. I think you have so many options that if if Berenguer is not going to be an outright starter, and you know that, then maybe you you don't spend the money unless you can get him for really cheap. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if both of these players are signed before the window closes. I wouldn't be shocked if neither are. But if I had to put my money down, I, I do think. Javier Martinez is coming back to the team. Uh, so let us let us know what you think. Um, you can reach us on on Twitter at Inside Athletic at Athletic Club C A L. Uh, let us know what you think is going to happen with this transfer window. Are either one of these players coming? Is Javi a, a good signing? Um, is is he too old now to to help the team in the way he could have several years ago? Um, would you welcome him back just seeing the way that he left? Let us know what you think and. We'll be back to to talk about this. Maybe this signing happens before the next podcast, but we'll definitely be back to talk about the La Liga opener at Los Carmenes, uh, Saturday, 6.30 Spanish time. Ryan, what's that over in California? What's the time there? I mean, 9.30 in the morning. Well, at least this is a a, 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 a Saturday game. If if you can get up in the morning, you can sleep in a little bit, get up and watch it. So pretty attainable game to be able to watch across the board, and we know that there's athletic fans uh, all the way uh, out in Asia as well uh, that that follow both of us that that support this team uh, fans in Africa all over the globe there's athletic fans even with this unique policy I think a lot of people are drawn to it and the season starts on Saturday the the, the ball's going to be kicked goals are going to hopefully be scored points are going to be picked up and athletics quest for 
for a top seven finish, the, the Copa del Rey final, a new Copa del Rey, and the Spanish Super Cup begins, and we'll be back to talk about it all. So thanks, as always, for listening to the Inside Athletic Podcast with Ryan and James. Opa Athletic. Opa.